0: There are scientific studies that have been done on primates to talk about the the size of their circle of influence and neurologically what these primates were able to maintain in terms of relationships. And it always came down to no more than five core individuals, in our case humans, not primates, that we can invest in fully. And that there's this other number, and there's a scientific term attached to it, but that the circle of 150, that any greater than these certain numbers that have been scientifically proven, that it's meaningless. It, we cannot maintain relationship beyond some of these barriers. Today on the Thought Factory, we are
1: continuing to blend science and research into the digital life of students, hoping to help them survive in the social world. I'm Jeff Eckert. I'm Jason Brewer. And this, is The Thought Factory. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, cultivating students through biblical discipleship and spiritual disciplines using theology, community, and technology. Learn more at neverthesame.org.
2: Welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode. We're glad you're with us today. On our last episode, we started this conversation in this series called The Digital Life, and we talked about Screen science, screen science. I'm saying it like green giant. You're saying it like weird science. (laughs) We talked about screen science. So what is it? I don't know. It's one of the two. You take your pick. Depends on your generation, probably. They're both old, actually. So yeah, really old. You're old if you know what that means. And uh, we talked about that last time. Uh, Incredible stuff with Chris McKenna. We're going to talk about him today. He's on uh, this episode of this podcast. As opposed to another podcast. And in the next episode on this podcast...
1: I'm glad we're not recording a yeah, podcast. Or
2: we're, yeah, talking about another podcast out there. We're going to talk about the how the internet never forgets. Dun, dun, dun.
1: As always, you can find us online, anywhere, anywhere online. As long as you search Thought Factory Podcast, never the same. We can find a blog about what's happening in our podcast. You can find us on social media through Jeff's Sites, Jeff's handles of Jeff Eckert handled Instagram.
2: And we've decided that I've labeled Jason a digital hermit. Yep. You should work here with him in the same office. He goes into his office and he turns off the light. It's like a cave in there.
1: Well, I still have light. It's just not the you fluorescent light lamp. that's yeah. The ceiling. You and your fancy light. Yeah, it's allows me to be nocturnal.
2: But you're you're a You're a physical and digital hermit sometimes. You kind of just come in and out, right? I just don't
1: really engage in a lot of the social media digital aspects.
2: But I would love to interact with you. If you're online, find me at Jeff Eckert on all the different things like you said. And if you go to neverthesame.org slash B-L-O-G blog, in case you don't know how to spell blog, that's where we are. And you'll find a companion article with this article and all of our episodes that will go deeper into some more of the content and so if you're into numbers if you're into research if you're just into finding out more if you're interested in any particular episode you can find it for this one and all of our back episodes as well and um, if you're really adventurous go on youtube and i dare you try to find us thought factory podcast for some reason we can't figure out why we're really hard to find but Probably because of how you. the
1: popularity of it
2: I guess, plays so. into it I guess somehow. So.
1: Well, this is a three-part series on the digital life, evaluating how students interact with technology and how to help them to learn digital survival skills, and this episode is more on helping students realize they are greater than their likes. We're going to be discussing our research, our own research of stats about social media and students and all that stuff. We're also talking to Chris
2: McKenna again in regards to this concept so trying to figure out how to how to help students create the digital survival skills for the 21st century. How do we do that? Well, one of the ways to help do that is to understand where they are. We did some great research, Jason, as you mentioned, just within the last few months, and we want to share that. And we, we're we going to say right up front, we, we look back to some of the questions that we ask. We're talking about 3,000, a sample of 3,000 students um, Middle school, high school, representing uh, the, the diversity of ethnicity in the United States. Good representation there. Good representation of uh, rural, urban, suburban students. And uh, some of the questions we found were actually kind of funny. We were making fun of ourselves because we don't really, we think we could ask a lot better questions. We've got some great content, but.
1: Yeah, on the surface, they may not seem striking to you where it's like, oh, that's not, that's not a bad question. And that's to us as well. When we asked these questions, it was like, oh, it's not a bad question. But now that we're looking at the results and we're kind of dissecting the numbers and we're looking more into what we ask students, we're going, what were we thinking? Or maybe we're just so far removed from this topic that we don't even know how to ask appropriate questions to students
2: to get results. So here's one of the questions we ask. How has social media helped you the most? And the response could have been, well, it keeps me connected to issues or interests I care about. They could have responded, it keeps me connected to people I know. They also could have responded, it gives me a place to present my thoughts. The fourth option they could have responded with is, it keeps me up to date on newsworthy events. Or the fifth response is, I don't have any social media accounts. So we found that 13% of students say they don't have any social media accounts most of those are middle schoolers. By the time they get into high school, it's almost uh, every single student. But number one response by far, Jason, was it keeps me connected to people I know. Fifty-seven
1: percent. Point five. Fifty-seven point five percent responded with, "This is the how social media has helped me the most," which, yeah, of course, that's the whole. Purpose of social media is to be connected with other people. So we kind of look at this and go, "Yep, yep, Yep. that's
2: that answers that. That Makes sense." But it is a place for students to express their beliefs or their thoughts. So when it comes to current events, when it comes to issues, when it comes to their own thoughts and identity, that did take up, um, you know, about one out of three students. So there is a good majority. Of students that are saying yeah it keeps me connected to people but uh, also a good-sized portion of students about one out of three are saying it it's about interests it's about uh, newsworthy events it's about my idea so it's it's an idea platform whether they're giving or receiving or consuming it and so that was of interest as well we ask another question which area has social media's uh, effect on the world been the most? positive. So where is social media impacting the world most positively? So their responses could have been, people are more connected than ever. Uh, The creative outlet it gives people, it helps them to see what's going on in the world. It brings people together with common interests, or it allows people to have influence on the world more than ever before. This one was a lot more spread out in their response. Yeah,
1: so we had... 27% 27% say people are more connected than they've ever been.
2: So that was they're saying that's the most where it's affected the world the yep. most
1: positive. It is it's brought the world closer, smaller. It, you know what's going on all over the place. So it's connected people. That was the top response. You had 16% say social media gives people a creative outlet, which is
2: almost one out of 7. 7 that's great math. Good there. Thank you. That was quick. So another uh, group, 21%, almost 22% say that it helps us see what's going on in the world. And that's another thing. So not just the connectedness, but the the awareness piece. So people knowing social media is the most positive impact. 22% or so of students are saying, it helps me know what's really going on in the world around us. And then Social media brings
1: people together with common interests. 16% answered it that way, which again, it shows that it's connecting people. It's bringing groups of people together that are
2: interested in certain things that they share the same interests. And finally, 20% of students, so one out of five, are saying that social media's most positive effect on the world has been giving people more influence on the world. That's interesting to me. Students are saying... Social media gives us and people in general a place to really be an influence on the world.
1: Not to be critical, but do you think hashtags have influence on people?
2: I do. Obviously, hashtags create this incredible way to measure when and how and why things trend. So it it definitely is because that way, hashtags are a way to immediately get to something that you care about. And, and what's crazy too, is that when you can create that movement by coming up with a great hashtag, which happens every day. I didn't
1: want to sound critical where it's like, yeah, you can change the world by a hashtag. That's not what I'm really trying to insinuate, but it's more of the, how influential just simply adding a hashtag can be when you are, are posting about something that you're really
2: interested about. So hashtag add a hashtag. Yes. That's my hashtag for today. Um. And then we asked this question. This is the one really where we think the question could have been a lot better. But here's the question. After checking my social media, I tend to feel... Okay, We're going to give you our five options for students to respond. And you may notice a trend in our responses that we created for this particular question in our research. But after checking my social media, I tend to feel, number one, happy. Number two, sad. Number three, guilty. Number four, anxious. And number five, afraid that I'm not keeping up. Jason, what do four out of five of those responses have in common?
1: <laughs> they all seem to appear negative. The sad, guilty, anxious, afraid that I'm not keeping up all have a tendency to appear negative, And happy is a positive response. So you have four answers that are negative and one positive. It kind of shows Our biases, as those who are writing this question, trying to draw out a negative response. And what was very fascinating is none of the negative responses were the top response.
2: And even the combination of all the negative responses... Correct. ...didn't overtake the number one response, which is positive.
1: The top answer was, when I check my social media, I tend to feel happy. 68% responded, I feel happy. Now we look at that and we try to speculate like okay, that's opposite of what we think. We we have a tendency to go, it makes me anxious, or I'm not feeling like I'm keeping up, I'm I'm missing out, or or now I'm feeling like I'm sad because I'm not I don't have what they have and all this stuff. And you we have that tendency, but then how come sixty eight percent are
2: responding with happy? And we we've got some interesting ideas on why. Here here's something else. Like Why why did maybe our bias come into this question with the negativity? I think one reason is because that's all we hear, right? We hear in the media, social media is causing anxiety. It's causing all these negative issues, and I think that definitely crept into our bias here. However, and we want to call ourselves on that, but adults' response to this also affirmed and confirmed. So when we ask adults to predict how students would answer, check this out. So about 68% of students say that after checking their social media, they tend to feel happy. How many adults thought students would say that? Only 22%. That's a huge gap. 68% of students said it makes them feel happy, but only 22% of adults thought students would think that. 70%
1: responded that either they feel anxious or they feel fear that they're not keeping up. So between those two answers, 70% of adults have responded. They think students
2: are feeling this way. And as compared to adult or students, which was only those two answers, anxious or afraid only added up to 20%. Right. So there is a major difference. Now, the question is, why are students so overwhelmingly happy on this research that you're telling us? Well, we
1: can speculate we've asked chris this at, actually we showed him these results and chris mckenna protect young eyes great expert in the digital life and we asked why do you think students are responding with 68% happy and he goes that's the entire intent of social media is to give you this boost of happiness this good feeling this positive endorphins feeling where you check your social media you feel happy you Finally, release that negative aspect of, of whatever is going on in your body and the stress or whatever, and you release it and you feel happy. So he goes, By looking at it, that would be what I would expect is that immediate
2: response is you feel happy. And so the question that we ask is you know, our original question before talking with Chris is that. Could it be that, as again, we've talked about throughout every season of this podcast, when we've looked at our research, and our research is unique because it asks students their thoughts, and then I ask their very own adult leaders to predict what their students would say, and we tend to project our own experiences, our insecurities, our thoughts, sometimes, many times, our negativity. So we ask the question, could it be that our projection of our own experiences and what we hear in the media about the negativity really be influencing. it. And Chris flipped that on us, and he said he believes that they're responding this way, saying that they're happy when they check their social media because they've been programmed to feel that way. Now, that is fascinating.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't negate the fact that they aren't feeling anxious or aren't feeling afraid that they're not keeping up because they may, within five minutes of checking social media, have that feeling come back. But... Based on how we ask the question, when you check your social media, they are responding by saying, yeah, I I get a happy feeling.
2: It feels good. So for students that have social media, they are creating their own personal brand. They may not think of it that way, but they are branding themselves to the world by, you know, displaying their values, by displaying the things that matter to them, by displaying a message about who they are and what they believe and what they care about, and We need to help them navigate that world to understand really how they're branding themselves to the world through their social media feed.
1: And since we are talking more about stats and numbers in this episode, I want to look at some of the numbers that allow us to see how teens feel obligated to project an attractive and popular image through their social media postings. One of the numbers is 40% of teen social media users report feeling pressure to post only content that makes them feel good or look good to others. While 39% of teens on social media say they feel pressure to post content that will be popular and get lots of comments or likes. So there is, there is this sense of branding where I only am going to post what makes me look good, what is popular, what is
2: going to attract a lot of likes. It's the echo chamber for students. It's, and that's a lot of what social media is. You, you put things out there and when you get the positive feedback, you just keep going back to that. So these stats you're stating here Jason, 4 out of 10 students are feeling the pressure to to put things out that makes them look good and is popular gets lots of comments or likes. So obviously that's important to them. And on the branding idea, they may not think of it this way, but they really are creating a product in a sense and they are that product. And how do they want to present that to the world and and getting students to realize that even on a subconscious level, there's a, there's a matrix that they are using, there's a filter, there's a set of guidelines that, that give them a direction on what to put out there and what not to. So for an example, it would be ask one of your students, would you post a picture of you and your mom on your social media account? Some would say no, and some would say yes. And to the ones you would say no, you might ask the question, why? Why would you not put your mom on there? And that would get them to realize that they are using guidelines. So they may say, well, I don't want my mom on there because it would be embarrassing, right? It's just wouldn't be a good look or image or I'm not, you know, I have a good relationship with my mom or I'm not, you know, it just wasn't, wouldn't fit into how I present myself online.
1: Or a photographer who would only put professional photos onto their social media, Instagram or whatever, where it's done with a professional camera, not necessarily the camera that's on their phone where that's a little bit less quality. And so they would go, no, I don't, I wouldn't even use what my camera can do on my phone. I would use only what I professionally use because it creates a better picture, a better brand.
2: Everyone has a set of guidelines, but a lot of people don't really think about what that is until someone will ask them. And I think for us that are speaking into the lives of students, we need to ask them the right questions. So what motivates you to post? What kind of message are you trying to send? What are you saying about yourself? What are you saying about others? Even most importantly for us is, how are you reflecting your faith through your social media account as well?
1: And all of this is creating this social currency, ultimately. It's the number of likes, the number of friends, all of it equates to this public recognition that you have worth, that you're interesting, that you have an active social life, but it's creating a
2: transaction with other people. That social currency is a great way to think about it. And in our next segment, we're bringing back into the studio here, Chris McKenna, who has so many great things to say about students and social media. And and again, his website, protectyoungeyes.com, he is on the front edge of technology as it relates to students families, ministries. He's got incredible resources on there. So, so be sure to uh, engage in his website. I would even encourage you to register for his email list. He's uh, in our next segment when we come back.
3: Hi, my name is Lindsay Horvath, and I'm the Director of Bible Engagement for Soul Exercises. At Soul Exercises, we know that you want to be a youth worker that builds faith foundations. In order to do that, you need to engage students in the Bible. The problem is that there's a lack of resources, which can be really frustrating. We believe no youth worker should be unequipped to engage students in the Bible. We understand how hard it is to get students engaged in God's Word, which is why we created a proven system built by youth workers for youth workers. Soul Exercises equips churches to engage students in God's Word and spiritual disciplines. To learn more about Soul Exercises, head to soulexercises.com and read more about the importance of student Bible engagement and download some free content. We invite you to join this community so you can implement Bible engagement and build faith foundations that will transform the world.
1: We have the honor of Chris McKenna here in studio with us. Chris is the founder of Protect Young Eyes. He is an expert in the digital life, we believe, and I believe many people will also agree that to that statement as well. And so we wanted to... Continue our conversation with Chris in regards to the topic of social status. And you have coined a phrase that we're going to steal called uh, students, something about greater than their likes and followers. (laughs) Well, you had that statement down right there. (laughs) Nice job.
0: (laughs) We're going to steal it and put our own spin on it. That's what
1: we're going to (laughs) do. We don't know it, but we're going to use it.
0: (laughs) We haven't worked out the specifics of that phrase. (laughs) Nice. I think the exact, uh, statement from, from let me your write, slide let me write that down. is you are greater than followers and likes. That's it. Perfect. See, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So close. And you know, it's a statement we use, whether we're in a secular school or a private school, um, because I want kids to know that there is an inherent worth and dignity to each and every one of them, because they are a human being that social media cannot touch unless they let it. There's a permission that has to be given to technology for it to get to me. And to just give kids the realization of, um, you know, a mile wide and an inch deep on a thousand followers on Instagram cannot compare to two friends who I can call at 2 a.m. when I'm in crisis. And that's not just a spiritual thing that we teach our kids in ministry, that scientifically, and this book uh, Glow Kids that I referred to before talks about this, that there are scientific studies that have been done on primates to talk about the, the size of their circle of influence and neurologically what these primates were able to maintain in terms of relationships, and it always came down to no more than five core individuals, in our case humans, not primates, that we can invest in fully. And that there's this other number, and there's a scientific term attached to it, but the the circle of 150, that any greater than these certain numbers that have been scientifically proven that It's meaningless. We cannot maintain relationship beyond some of these barriers. We were created in relationship by a triune God for real human to human relationship. Human skin releases endorphins when touched through a hug or through some, you know, loving brush, whatever it might be. These are things you cannot experience screen to screen. Things you can only experience face to face. And so, I want to cast a vision for kids that that there's a a, a false short-term um, shallowness to what they believe is significance that they've attached to social media, and and try to cast a vision for the significance of face-to-face interaction and. Again, give them that permission not to give permission to some of the thoughts that may go through their head in social media when my picture doesn't get a certain number of likes. Don't let that create behaviors in you that um, really don't give it that control over you. and so anyway, I, it's just a really important thing for me for kids to know that. It's a, it's a way for me to, to, to speak some, some biblical truth in a non-biblical setting sometimes just to let any kid, whether they're you know, in a Christian school or not, to know that they have worth and don't let social media take that away. The illustration yeah. that I, I use with kids, again, in any school is, I'll say to them, you know, when you're on your deathbed, I guarantee there are a few statements that will not come out of your mouth. You will not say, oh, if I had only maintained my snap streak for 25 more days. You will not say, oh, if that picture from spring break 2018 would have only received 50 more likes. Right. Your last statements will be nothing like that. You will care about who's with you and what those real people meant to you. So don't give power to those things that they want but don't deserve. Be stronger than that.
2: Talk to us a little bit about girls, the difference between girls and boys when it comes to affirmation on social media. I have three daughters. Sure. Jason has three sons. What are the differences?
0: It's not too far off the reservation to say that um, girls, just as the way that God has wired them, again, whether they're four, 14, or 40, and I have a seventh grade daughter, um, there is this desire in them to feel affirmed and desirable. I think that's programmed early on. Um, and so, and I think that's a little different from boys. Boys want to know that they're capable, girls want to know that they're desirable that they are noticed and significant by somebody else. Um, And and I know there's some general statements and there's always kids that deviate from that, but let's just go with those as a, as a thesis for now. Therefore, if that is my bent, that I am constantly surveying the world around me to compare myself to the world, am I good enough? Then social media is going to feed that bent in me sometimes with distorted answers Um, It's going to cause me as a young female to take picture after picture after picture until I get the one that gets the number of likes that for a short period of time feeds that significance void inside of me. Um, It's answering a question of their identity and their worth and their desirability in in a format that wasn't designed to do so in a healthy way. Um, and so I just think they're more vulnerable because of those just inherent tendencies in the way that God created them. Even Selena Gomez, there's a slide in my parent deck. Um, beautiful by whatever standard, worth uh, I think over fifty million dollars. Famous, whatever you know, you want to say about her. Um, but to the outside world, she would seem to have all of these attributes of I have an amazing life, and yet she was quoted as saying she cannot stand the way she feels when she looks at her Instagram feed because it causes her to question who she is and her beauty and her identity. And you step back and go, who does she have to compare herself to? And yet, just because of who she is as a young female, it causes those sort of discrepancies in her heart that she doesn't know what to do with.
2: Students in Social Currency Students are greater than the amount of likes they receive. Their identity is not found in the affirmation they'll find online. Ultimately, as we've been learning, as even Facebook and other social media gurus and people in the industry have said, we ultimately do not find our affirmation from the amount of feedback we're receiving online. Ultimately, it's found in our relationship with Christ and our Creator. That's where the rubber meets the road with our guidance to students we need to continually point them back to christ and get them to realize that the amount of likes the amount of followers that's secondary it doesn't matter what matters is the affirmation they're receiving if they're receiving that in the right places then the social media can be a great influence and a great benefit in their lives otherwise they're chasing something that will never come to fruition for them. They're chasing this affirmation that will never be fulfilled. And that fulfillment is found in Christ. And as people who invest in the lives of students, that needs to be our message about students and social currency.
0: The
1: Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, whose vision is to see new generations transformed in Christ to further the kingdom of God. Learn more at neverthesame.org.